millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday, gang. My goodness, that was loud, wasn't it? Hello. It was. Sorry if you've turned the volume up to 11, just turn it down to 9. It's too quiet, turn it up a bit. It's just me mucking about. Anyway, welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And we begin with an exclusive interview on TalkSport Breakfast where the wonderful Law Woods, Ali McCoyst and Darren Ben were joined by the England manager, Gareth Southgate. So could this summer's Euros give the country a lift and a Jack Grealish and Phil Foden better than Paul Gascoigne? And is the wealth of attacking talent at his disposal posing him a problem? Lots of questions. Let's find out what the answers are, shall we? I can remember being at Middlesbrough playing Tottenham and we were, I think, 2-1 up in a game. Harry Redknapp put Robbie Keane and Dimitar Berbatov on. And I looked at my bench and I had five kids from the academy. Now, that's a headache because because you're thinking, well, I'm not quite sure how we turn this game around and improve what we've got on the field. When you've got um, a choice of um, some outstanding talent, now that's, yeah, of course, it's... um, there's big decisions you have to make. From the edge of the area to Grealish! Oh! Jack Grealish with a stunning goal! Who's playing the best? Who do we think has the pedigree? Who's performed at the high level before? Coupled with who's in form? Who fits into the way we want to play with and without the ball? So, yes, of course, there's there's a lot of talent in those attacking areas. What's really exciting, you know, for years, I think... We talked about development in English football and where are, where are the creative players? How do we develop those types of players? We've had root and branch reviews of everything from you know grassroots football to academy football to everything for, for decades. And we've now, I think, huge credit to the clubs, but also even when I go and watch junior football played on the local parks when we're able to, the, the style that kids play, the skill level, you know, you go into the cages in the in the in the cities and see the talent. There's there's raw talent and there's a different type of player, different skill level coming through, which is hugely exciting. Oh, here's Gascoigne. Gascoigne, you can finish it here. You knew Gaza so well and now you're managing players where the likes of Foden and Grealish have been compared to him. Do you think they're unfair comparisons or, or do you think the, the similarities are actually compliments? Well, they should take them as a compliment for sure. Probably his best spell with England was 90 before the knee injuries uh, you know, took, took some of that sort of strength and 
speed. But you're talking about a player, sometimes we talk about a good passer or a player that can score goals from midfield or a good dribbler, but he, he could do all of those things. I, there were some fantastic players I played with with England, Stephen Gerrards, Wayne Rooney's, Paul Scholes. Um, but Gascoigne, you know, for me, Gascoigne in terms of talent and ability was the best. can play a part in the country getting back its energy its enthusiasm for life its enjoyment you know the the beauty of the international tournaments and of course we have an incredible league everybody's hugely passionate about their clubs and rightly so and I think the major tournaments are national events you know the whole family sit and watch them we all go through that roller coaster I can think back to watching Scotland in 78 in Argentina and uh, England in 82 in Spain and all those memories that, that you share as a family that those key international moments stick with you and I think we're, we're ready for that you know I think the country are ready for that enjoyment and that excitement about some some sport and there'll be more from Southgate in the podcast a little bit later on now Manchester City won their 21st game in a row after beating Wolves in the Premier League that can't be right yeah annoyingly it is Another win for them. Here's what the reaction was on my show to that result. Andy Goldstein Sports Bar with the fun boy. Monday to Thursday from 10pm on TalkSport. Now Manchester City with all those points to the good now. 15 clear at the top, 21 wins on the bounce. It's the Manchester derby next for them right here at the Etihad. Manchester City 4, Wolves 1. In winter time, in November, December, January, February, England, this league is a hell. So... Is the hell. It's so, so demanding, so tough. And in this period, the toughest one by far, we were magnificent in terms of performance and results. And, uh, you know, we were good. When we play good, we win. And when we struggle, like, for example, the game against West Ham, we are able to win. This is one of Pep's best seasons. Not sure it's the best team we've ever seen play under Pep. But in terms of what he's done this year, I I think it's exceptional. I always felt that City at times would pass for passing sake. Sometimes it would be too easy for them to keep the ball. And that they've kind of dipped into that a little bit recently, where they have been so dominant and they've lacked that real ruthlessness, that, 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 that ability to just kill games off. You know, with 10 minutes to go, it's, it's 1-1. And that, that should not have been the case. If City wouldn't have had uh, Sane injured and wouldn't have had uh, Laporte injured... We would have won the league last year. These Liverpool fans, I'm sick of back here for hearing all the excuses. As you know, Liverpool won the Premier League last year and then they won the Champions League the year before. So which is the better team? Is it City, who have come up with this record, but they still haven't won the Champions League, which they need to win this year? Without a shadow of a doubt. And it will come. Well, only everybody else in the world is getting the nicks and the twist about City not winning it. Have you seen where we've been? Because if they don't win it this year, everything they've done is completely futile. Now, following the sad news that the former Liverpool and Scotland forward Ian St John has died at the age of 82, there were, of course, tributes paid on TalkSport yesterday. He was also famous for being one half of a show that I used to watch as a kid every single Saturday morning, the brilliant St and Greavesy, and was much loved across the football community. Journalist Steve Hothershaw and Liverpool legend Phil Thompson joined White and Jordan to share their favourite memories of a man they both looked up to. I'd like to think Ian gave us something to absolutely rejoice. You can imagine me, I was 11. I'm Liverpool winning the FA Cup. 
Evertonian said that if oh no, if Liverpool ever win the uh, the FA Cup, the live birds will fly from their live building. They didn't, but it was still the greatest memory as a kid winning the FA Cup because the FA Cup was just so precious. Ian scoring the winner, it was it was, and to go and join Liverpool in 1969 as I did, and be amongst him and Roger Sir Roger Hunt. And Tommy Smith and Big Yeetsy. Oh, what a wonderful time. Brown going on his right. Hunt is onside. Yes. A great save as St. John scored. And that could put Liverpool in the final. We know him as maybe the footballer and the TV character as well, but a fantastic gentleman with great wit who could cut you down to the core within a second. But he had this wonderful booming laugh as well. When you're in the presence of saints, it was something special, and that myself and others were, will have been grateful to spend time with him. Good afternoon. Good day, good Before day. we start, you owe me saints, a lunch. I owe you a lunch. Oxford won, <laughs> Cambridge lost. How can Cambridge get beat? Even money. You, get all, you got all eight semi-finals up, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Saint, and I'll tell you what, I hope you enjoy that, Wimpy. <laughs> I, I shall be picking the rest oh. of my... Manchester United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been speaking to talk sport ahead of their game against Palace tonight. And Ole started off by saying that referees have a tough enough job as it is without all of us scrutinising every decision they make. I think the refs have a difficult enough uh, job without uh, extra pressure. So uh, we just should just leave him to it, make as many uh, good decisions as they uh, can. Stuart Atwell stopped the game, went over to have a look at his monitor to check a possible handball from Callum Hudson-Odoi, who was fighting for the ball with Mason Greenwood. No, you know, it's, that's water under the bridge. You, you move on, on to the next one. We all know it's, it's uh, high-pressure uh, situations and... Uh, we just have to accept uh, decisions when they're made and we move on. Uh, all my focus after the game has just been on Palace. I've not uh, looked back at all on, on that. Big chances in the first half for Manchester United. But really and truly, it was a game of very few goal-mouth incidents. I just look at those nils next to their name in those big games, and it's so un-Manchester United, isn't it? I do have discussions with, especially my dad. He, say, he, he likes to say, well, why don't you just draw them onto you and uh, let them come and press? In some games, to soak up pressure and give away the possession of the ball, sometimes that creates that uh, space. The players, they want the ball all the time. So the ball has to do the work. We have to move it quickly. We have have to be better at circulating it. Sometimes we've risked the ball too often and we've not sustained that pressure to force mistakes from defenders. Now, live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the fourth test between England and India gets underway tomorrow at 3.45 on TalkSport 2. The tourists are, of course, 2-1 down going into the final game, but batsman Zach Crawley is remaining upbeat, although he does expect a similar pitch to the last match. So do I. I don't even know what that means. Relative comfort of Seamus bowled him! First delivery! Zach Crawley didn't know whether to come forward or go back. 
Yeah, I think it will be a very similar pitch this week. And um, why wouldn't it be? You know, they played very well on the last two pitches with the turns. You know, it wasn't easy to score for sure, but it was the same for both sides. And, you know, they, they played very well to be fair to them. So, you know, we had our chance. We got first on it as well. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't play as well as we needed to. Punched off the back foot by Crawley. And that's another boundary. And Crawley has 50. It goes to 51 from just 68 deliveries. There's definitely a way back. You know, we've, we've already won. We're only one, one game down. We've won the great test and the first test match it's going to require us to you know get a good first inning lead I think and, and that's going to require us about really well you know our bowlers have been doing nicely to bowl them out for 145 if we can replicate that uh, and then get a nice lead in the first innings that'll put them under a lot of pressure I think now, the Burnley boss, Sean Dyche, has been speaking ahead of their game against Leicester tonight. He also responded to Roy Keane's comments on Sky that he could have played in their 4-0 defeat to Spurs. Dyche versus Keane. Mm, this could be a good listen. 31 minutes on the clock. It's Tottenham 3, Burnley 0. This time, Lucas Moura with the goal. I, I could play in that game. He probably could have. He was, I don't know whether you remember, but he is pretty decent, to be fair. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he could offer to be fair to him. No, no, I've I've never had a problem with people questioning us what we do. It's it's part of their jobs. You know, they're they're putting it for a reason. When they're off it, they are bad. I've never been precious about that. Everyone's got an opinion on football, trust me, not just pundits, everyone. It's one of the strangest jobs, you know, where people actually tell you what you're doing wrong. I don't remember going in the doctors and telling him what he was doing wrong, or my lawyer, or my solicitors. But apparently football managers, everyone thinks they can do better than us. So I'm used to that. It's just part of the territory. And I've certainly got no problem with Roy Keane or his views. Or they've been dreadful. As promised, back to the England manager, Gareth Southgate, and Ali McCoy, the former Scotland striker, looking back at Euro 96. Mm, don't play the penalty. Southgate. Damit muss es jetzt vorbei sein. Oh, brutal, you lot. The game with Scotland, we didn't play well in the first half at all. And um, part of the reason for that was because I was in midfield and Terry managed to move me out of there, get me to the back, <laughs> put Jamie Redknapp in midfield. So there was that. And then obviously Ali coming off the bench was the final straw for Scotland, really, that swung it in our favour. But, 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 the, but the game hung, hung on two minutes, really, where Gary McAllister's penalty and then obviously we break up the other end and, and Paul Gascoigne's goal. But really fine margins. Scotland probably, you know, certainly in the first half played better than we did that day. Whose idea was the dentist chair celebration? You must know. Well, that was that was Gaza. Was it uh, all his idea? <laughs> well, I think Gaza, um, Steve McManaman, Robbie Fowler. Uh, the, the thing it, it, that I can never believe is you score a goal like that and you still, the first thing you can think of is actually <laughs> to go and do it. You know? It, it kind of tells you a bit about how how calm his thinking is in in a way that you know any of the rest of us that scored that goal would have been doing laps of Wembley and there he is he's straight straightway clicked into now I've got to do this celebration it's an amazing goal and an amazing moment really would you believe it from one end of the field to the other the crowd are in raptures That's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast. From I'm back on Andy Goldstein Sports Bar on TalkSport tonight from 10pm. Of course, taking your calls after Palace have got hammered at home by a goal to nil in the last minute. 
by Bruno Fernandes penalty against Manchester United there will of course be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcasts out first in the morning so do what you've got to do to get it until then thanks for listening have a great day and above all be safe everyone be safe that was a podcast from Talksport 